Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that. On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. We wanted goals. We got goals. We wanted a performance. And the Lionesses certainly gave us that. A 6-1 victory over China sends England into the last 16. We made a couple of shape changes. And I think the team really believed in it. And we could really go very aggressive forward in defence. But also when we had the ball... uh, we made it ourselves a little bit easier. Serena Wiegmann delighted with her side. Midfielder Katie Zellum was two after two goals and three assists from Chelsea's Lauren James. I think you can see the talent and the attacking talent, especially we've got in the team. Um, when you've got LJ putting in goals like that, then that's all we need. England will now face Nigeria in the last 16 on Monday. We'll bring you all the post-match reaction from today's win over China. Plus, we'll hear the final thoughts from the Republic of Ireland camp as they fly back home. We've been in a really tough group and getting a point at our first ever World Cup. It's not too shabby in in what was a really competitive group. We'll also round up the rest of the games from day 13. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Tuesday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? What did you make of day 13 of the tournament? That was fun, wasn't it? England were absolutely scintillating. Uh, delighted to say that fresh off commentary duty, filming me as we speak, she always catches me in some awkward-looking gurning pose on her Instagram. It's Leanne Sanderson. How are you doing, Leanne? Hi, Faye. I'm delighted. The fact that Linus has won 6-1. It was, it was just a beaut, wasn't it? It was a re- fantastic performance. And I'll tell you what, why don't we just go straight in and hear all about it? Because we will go through the rest of the action from today later on in the show. But England's final group stage game against China was a cracker. Let's hear how it and Leanne sounded on TalkSport 2. England here are 90 minutes away from the knockout stages of the World Cup. They only need a draw to finish top of Group D. China stand in their way. Headed out to the edge of the penalty area. Now Rousseau finds the corner. Instinctive finish. Alessia Rousseau off the mark of the World Cup. And England have the perfect start. Serena Viedman, you can see how delighted she is. Get that early goal and 
I'm delighted for Alessia Russo because she needed that. And here coming Lynn on the counter. Oh, that's a lovely touch by Hemp. Hemp is through! 2-0 England! Greenwood plays it square into the box. James, first time shot! What a finish! Lauren James, 2-2 for England. It's another beauty! Earps on her toes. At the goal away to our left. Wang takes a run-up left foot in and puts it down the middle and scores. Ball whipped in by Carter, deep to Lauren James! Hits it on the volley! This one will count! It's another stunner of a finish! As James floats that one high over the top inside right channel, goalkeepers come out to the edge of the box, she's misjudged it, Chloe Kelly gets the tap in, and England have five! Come back to Kelly to drive it across the face of goal, and it's to the far post and Daly! Rachel Daly volleys it home! Six of the best for England. A shake of the head from the referee. The goal stats, 6-1 to England. And England's number nine does get off the mark. I think we've used the word delight on many occasions to, to describe that performance. Before we hear from the England manager, Serena Wiegmann, Leanne, I just want to focus on the overall performance from you and, and what you thought of the Lionesses in this game? I thought they were sensational. I felt like for a minute one, getting that early goal of Alessia Russo, I said it in the commentary, I think she really needed that for confidence as well. And I think a lot of the question marks were, were already answered after the first 10 minutes with regards to what are they going to do to replace Kira Walsh? Now, you can't really replace one of the best players in the world, but what you can do is exactly what they did. You know, bringing Katie Zellum, Georgia Stanway was in there obviously as well. And I thought Lauren Hemp was one of the best performances I've seen I have in an England shirt Lauren James I'm sure will speak a lot more about her in the show but speaks for herself and I thought it was just a really good team performance three back Alex Greenwood I thought was brilliant the best ball player that we have in the back line and Millie Bright I thought finally we saw the Millie Bright that we know based upon the fact that she's been out for three months now she's played every minute of every group stage game I mean how amazing is that just felt like she was protected a little bit more, didn't it? Uh, Serena Wiegmann was very coy about the changes that she was going to make and she really bamboozled the Chinese with that change of formation. Let's hear the manager's post-match thoughts. She spoke to Talk Sports' Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Serena, first of all, congratulations. Wonderful performance from you girls. Is that the most complete performance you've seen so far in the tournament? Yeah, from the team, uh, absolutely. Um, we changed, we made a couple of shape changes. Um, and I think the team really believed in it uh, and we could really go very aggressive forward in defense, but also when we had the ball, uh, we made it ourselves a little bit easier. Um, so I'm very, very happy um, with the team and it showed again and this team has showed it uh, more often how adaptive we are. And you talk about that change in shape. Is that something that you employed today and you're not maybe thinking about going forward until you do the analysis or is that something now going forward for the tournament in that formation? Yeah, well, now we, we know that we can play in two formations um, and, you know, when, you're, um, when you can adapt to, to, to still keep your style of play and your principles, but if you can adapt to, to, to play better, to use the qualities uh, better, then, you know, um, you have more ways to win. And a lot was spoken about Kira Walsh being missing, but Katie Zellum, she steps in, performs really well. Yeah. Um, and how pleased were you, for, were you for her that she was able to do that? Yeah, I'm very pleased for her. She, um, you know, she's she has worked so hard to get in this team, and we saw her becoming, yeah, taking the next step uh, in in um, in her development. So um, yeah, today she showed that she was ready. She was enjoying herself, and um, she had a great contribution to the team performance. 
And I saw he had a little bit of an embrace with Lauren James as, as she come off and a bit of a smile. Was that because she's saying she wants to stay on? She wanted a hat trick? No, <laughs> no, that wasn't. No, we just, uh, I said, well, that was fun. I just said uh, that was a lot of fun. And you could tell that uh, with a smile on her face that she enjoyed it. But as we said, like, she, this is her first season that she plays a lot more at Chelsea, that she was fit and she's, she's going so fast. So we want to be really careful with her too. And now you know your opponents, Nigeria, what are you expecting from them and what work you're going to be doing over you know, the next few days to be prepared for that? Yeah, it's an African country, of course, um, uh, always uh, physical, always uh, athletic, um, sometimes also unpredictable. I haven't seen the whole analy analysis yet, but uh, tonight we just relax a little bit while the night's almost over. And then tomorrow tomorrow we'll train and uh, we'll travel back and then uh, after that we'll get prepared um, for the Nigeria game. Yeah, we'll talk about Nigeria later on in, in the show, but the, the three-letter word she used there that I think was the best explanation of this game was fun. It, it was fun, and it was fun to see so many Lionesses get on the score sheet as well when a lot of the criticism had been the lack of goals. But look, I don't want to just harp on about this because I mentioned it in commentary beforehand, but I did flag that England could play a three at the back or five with the personnel that they had. Remy Allen completely poo-pooed me yesterday. She said, if I was right, I had a job in coaching. I mean, come on, I've got a job in coaching, <laughs> haven't I? You have. You were right. And I said before the game to Joe, when, he's, when he said to me, the team, the lineup, I said, I think it looks like a three back, but no one expected them to do that. And I think it worked, absolutely. I think Rachel Daly, it's difficult because she's played three different positions in three games. I mean, I couldn't do that. I said it the other day and I don't think she looked as comfortable in the position she played today as she usually does. She didn't touch the ball as much as we're used to her doing, but maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, it might be. I mean, it's difficult because she plays up front, doesn't she? So she's used to being that player that's but always in amongst it. she brought space for other players. She did. She did, and I thought the fact that Ella, Ella Toon and Chloe Kelly came out of the lineup, obviously, and I said it during the commentary, it's always difficult when players come in and do a better job because now what does Serena Wiegman do? Because Ella Toon's been given the opportunity, and I think she's been quite underwhelming during the tournament. Mm. I'm, I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's done well at Manchester United this year, but I don't think in the tournament has had any type of impact. And I think we saw today what happens when you get players around Alessia Russo. She had her best game of the tournament so far that she's had mm. individually and she scored as well. So having Lauren Hemp a bit closer to her, I think helped her. And Lauren James, again, was just sensational. I said it, she should never leave the field of play. Every minute of every game, play players like Lauren James because they come around, they don't come around very often. I don't know, not when you score that many goals and no, you no, want to wrap bring her, her up off. in cotton wool yeah, bring her for off the then. last I get 16. That. <laughs> but she didn't start the first game. No, I know. Like, And I don't even think she was planning to have her starting in, every, in most of the games. And now she can't leave the field... She's a major, major player. Can't leave her out. Um, Remy Allen wanted to be my assistant manager, by the way, but I think you get the nod on that now because actually <laughs> you wanted Katie Zellum in that deep midfield position and she did a really good job, I thought. She did, and I felt like in the game when Laura Coombs came on in the last game, people expected that to be the change. I didn't actually think that at all. I think Jordan Nobbs, again, is quite... It's difficult that she's been left out and didn't even come on again. I'm surprised in that. Again, I just think she's more box-to-box -box like Georgia Stanway. And I, I, I do feel as if Katie Zellum in that deep-lying midfield role does more of a job alongside Georgia Stanway, maybe. Yeah, and Too I think similar. China were... I, I, I'm mindful of not giving a team credit because I thought Haiti were better than we expected them mm. to be and they could have beaten us. But I think with this China team, I thought they were really poor in the first half. Really poor. It was like they were chasing shadows. It was like we had two or three extra players. And yes, we were... Were amazing taking nothing away from that performance but China were really poor and it wasn't until the second half they just actually chased the player down well also Lauren James 
first goal was a stunner, but there was nobody anywhere near her in a, in a red shirt. No, not at all. And I think if you give any player that type of space, I'd fancy that. I'd fancy you, Faye, in that situation. <laughs> really? If you give someone know, like you'll Lauren, see my scoring. <laughs> if you have someone like Lauren James, one of the best in the world at this moment in time, you can't give them that space. So I think China were definitely better mm. in the second half, but England were just brilliant. And they had an answer for everything. Obviously, the penalty... The defenders will be, they're going to talk about conceding, but I don't think they should be too hard on themselves there for conceding. There was a tiny little push from Mary Earps behind Lucy Bronze, see. which made her, put her off balance and made her put her arm out because she had her arms glued behind, by her side. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we we give them a little bit of that. And actually it was a really coolly taking, uh, taken penalty from a player that you highlighted at the start of the game as well. But it was a real fluid, exciting England, you know, a real team performance. Eight members of the squad picking up either a goal or an assist today. Two goals for Lauren James, three assists for her as well. She's top of the goal-scoring charts uh, with Japan's Miyazawa, which is incredible in terms of four goals, but she'll be ahead on on assists, I think, as well. Um, but let's talk about Chloe Kelly's goal because she came on as a second-half substitute. As you said, slightly disappointing for her not to start the game, but she came on and you know made an impact uh, in the second half and was delighted to score England's fifth, which was her first goal at a World Cup. A brilliant performance from us tonight. I think that'll keep everyone quiet now talking about we're not scoring enough goals. We're unbelievable tonight. And in terms of, you know, you coming on, you're probably disappointed, obviously, not to start, but you come on, you score the goal. Like, how important is that for, for you, for your confidence personally? Yeah, massive. Everyone wants to be on the score sheet, of course. And uh, when I got my chance, I took it. And yeah, it's brilliant to be on the score sheet. The first celebration talks for itself, the badge. The second one... Can you tell us about it or is it a little private joke? Yeah, it's a little private joke me and Mill and Rachel are doing and Rachel's fuming that me, me and Millie did it without us. We had to do it again, but no, it's great to be on the score sheet. There are a few uh, interesting celebrations, which I'm sure our reporter, Kurt, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, will get to the bottom of at some point when they get back uh, to their training base in Terragall. Um, but, you know, great for Chloe Kelly to get on the score sheet, as she said. And actually, you could see the camaraderie between the players in that tunnel interview because they were all going back, patting each other on the back, etc. Um, but, but I do think... You know, they said that they shut out the noise, but they all keep mentioning it. <laughs> so they've not shut it out that much, have they? I mean, the thing is, Faye, it's interesting because I don't think there's any noise. I just think it's where the women's game's at now, where when you're playing, look at the England men. When they're playing, everybody critiques them, mm-hmm. gives their opinions. Doesn't mean everyone's opinion's always right, but there's more eyes on the game now. So I don't think anybody wants them to fail. You know, it is what it is. If someone's not performing, if I wasn't performing, I'd expect you to say it needs to be better or if I'm doing well, then we wax the record about players that do well, don't we? And yep. we say who should be at play. Doesn't mean Serena has to listen, although she has been listening, clearly. <laughs> I'm not sure whether she has. I think she's FIFA's best for a reason, Leanne. I don't I think know. we have any influence. I know. And it is easy giving an opinion from this part. You know, people say, oh, you know, you should go. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Just because you give an opinion here doesn't mean it's always right. Yeah. But I don't think there's outside noise. I don't. When you say outside noise, it makes me think that we don't want, no one wants them to fail. I'm not saying it's us. It's about everybody collectively yeah. saying, they need to score more goals but also the stats don't lie they did need to score yeah. more, more, more goals but I, but I would also say you know that th- this Lionesses team are so close they don't need to listen to that at all and you know they know what goes on behind closed doors they know what they can they can do better and you know it is a sign of where they are they should take huge credit I would say for that because if no one cared that would be more of a big problem wouldn't it look we're going to talk more about this uh, in a second uh, because England's performance today 
they equaled their biggest ever win at a Women's World Cup in 2007. They also beat Argentina uh, 6-1. So incredible scenes and gives them a massive amount of momentum going into the last 16 against Nigeria. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Rothers and Leanne Sanderson with you. Coming up, we're going to hear from England midfielder Katie Zellum after she made her World Cup debut. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all of England's remaining matches plus updates on other games throughout the tournament as well. Thanks for being with us. I'm Faker Ruthers. Leanne Sanderson is with me. So England rounded off their group stage games with a 6-1 victory over China and a completely dominant performance. Let's hear from midfielder Katie Zellum after Courtney Swimman-Kirk caught up with her at full time and asked her about the change in formation the manager decided to go for? I think you, you can see the sort of talent we've got on the pitch. Um, how we set up today was obviously something new and something we've been looking at going forward. So for me, I just wanted to get on the ball and keep it moving and uh, keep it simple. So I tried to do that and obviously playing with, alongside Georgia and LJ makes it easy. But you look so composed and there must be so many emotions going through your mind at that point and the excitement obviously building up to it, knowing you're starting as well. So was it you know, difficult to be that composed or was it the fact that you step over the line and you're just thinking about the game? Yeah, I think this morning there was definitely a combination of excitement and nerves. Um, my first ever start for England, so it's bound to be a little bit nerve-wracking. But I think as soon as I'd played my first pass, um, it's something that I do every single week at Manchester United. And that is the mindset I try to have. And in terms of the team as well, there's been a lot of outside noise about you know the 1-0s. But the fact now that have you put that to bed with that performance and, and the goals that you've scored? Yeah, exactly. And for us, whether it was 1-0... 6-1 it doesn't matter it's uh, still three points and through to the knockout round but I think you can see the talent and the attacking talent especially we've got in the team um, when you've got LJ putting in goals like that then <laughs> that's all we need and you know who your opponents are next Nigeria that's confirmed so what are you expecting from them yeah I think they're going to be a, another tough test they're obviously physical and quick I think they're going to be organized so for us it's about analyzing them and seeing how to beat them yeah, well, we'll analyse them and see how the Lionesses can break them down uh, at the end of the show. But delighted for Katie Zellum. You wanted her to play. She's been a delight as captain for Manchester United and she really did a great job here today, but loved the fact that she immediately makes a nod to her teammates because it, it was more of a kind of 3-5-2, wasn't it, in the end? And Lauren James was playing in that 10 role. But I loved, and we, we are going to wax lyrical about Lauren James in a second, but I loved Lauren Hemp playing almost up top uh, with Alessia Russo. I thought that was fantastic. And we've not even discussed Alessia Russo's opening goal yet. Yeah, I thought it, it worked perfectly well. I think Alessia Russo looked more comfortable. Instead of having to drop deep, there was players underneath her like Lauren James. Lauren Hemp was really close to her. And I think it worked better. And I think she obviously got that early goal, which then set her into the game, the tempo. Because in the tournament, the longer you go, if your number nine isn't scoring the goals you know, in that centre-forward role, then it's going to be difficult. And the questions will still be asked because Beth England has still been, you know, breathing down on it. Rachel Daly can also play that position. And that was a topic of conversation. But now she's got her goal and I thought she had a really good game and the confidence will hopefully grow, continue to grow. But I think having more numbers around her 
providing and it was so frightening at times because you couldn't tell who was playing where no I know in a good I way. loved that it, the, yeah, the no, fluidity excited me that's actually. exactly what the best teams do when mm. I won everything at Arsenal we played everywhere I played left right central and you'd hear the other team having an argument on the pitch going who's picking Kenny Smith up who's picking Judy Fleeting up mm. you know no one knew what to do because we just moved everywhere and also equally with that defensively you know someone's going to fill in for you yeah. and that's the kind of like you know, confidence you have in your teammates. You know, if I go, someone else is going to drop in. All the gaps were filled every single Absolutely. time. And actually, you know, we spoke about Lauren Hemp's performance previously as well. And she's perhaps been quiet for Manchester City this season, maybe not lit up as we know she can light up the stage in terms of playing for England. But I feel like she had a different freedom today and we saw a different Lauren Hemp. We did. And that goal, the first touch, a lot of people will focus on the goal, but the first touch, good ball from Lauren James, but Lauren Hemp still had a lot to do. Yeah. And that first touch, touch just completely took out the whole of the China back line and it was an equally good as a finish but the touch was exquisite and she was brilliant today I really enjoyed her in that role and it's a role we've not really seen her play no and uh, what I loved about watching Lauren James as everybody uh, has said you know from Serena Wiegmann to, to Katie Zellum she, the, the talent that she has to pick out a pass she's not always selfish but when she has the opportunity to be selfish gosh she's a clinical finisher she is and the finesse of the ball and it's a perfect example for any kid any player out there watching you don't have to always break the net you know, sometimes people get in front of goal and just hit the ball as hard as they can and it makes it look like the goalkeeper's made a good save. Sometimes they do make a good save. But with Lauren James, she just has no backlift and just bends the ball, mm. left foot, right foot. You can't give her half a yard. You know, I used to say, get, let me get half a yard and let me get a strike off. She doesn't even need that. She just drops her shoulder, does a little bit of creativity and in the back of the net it goes. It, it, like The finishes, inside of the foot volleys, like... Just so, so good. It was almost criminal that that fourth goal for England was ruled off, was ruled out for offside. Lucy Bronze was in an offside position. It was the right decision. But how can you chalk a goal like that off? I know, and I felt for Lauren James because we saw VAR called into play a lot during this game. But it was a fantastic finish again. Left foot top corner, like pick that one out. I'll pick them all out. They were they they were abused. They'll they'll be annoyed about the penalty. We, we, we've discussed that um, already. But can we just give a nod to Jess Carter, who sometimes I feel goes a little bit under the radar in terms of her defensive work, isn't always what we would perhaps expect in terms of the solidity of the Lionesses. But she did a brilliant role today in that back three, and then a fantastic uh, cross over for Lauren James for that left-footed volley to make it four-one. Brilliant ball into the box. The pace on it was. Exciting exquisite and then the finish was just brilliant from Lauren James but I agree with you about Jess Carter I feel like the season before last at Chelsea she was always one of the first names down on the team sheet and then I think got taken out the lineup pretty kind of like it wasn't the right thing to do mm. to a certain degree I mean I'm not going to tell Emma Hayes what to do she knows best she's one of the best managers in the world and manages the players amazingly well but then she went into the Arnold Clark Cup didn't she and she mm. started nearly every game and then hadn't really played she hadn't really played for Chelsea, so credit to her for doing that. And then she obviously got taken out of the lineup against Denmark and then comes back into the lineup. So your confidence, I'm sure she feels a bit like a yo-yo mm. sometimes because sometimes she's in, sometimes she's out. And I'm sure she's obviously probably second guessing herself a lot of the time. And when you're in, when you're a player like that, because mm. you don't know what the matter with Millie Bright, she knows she's in. 
Whereas someone like Jess Carter, she doesn't know. So it's like every day you think, oh, am I going to play the next game? Am I going to be with a team that goes to train tomorrow that's not playing the next game? Mm. You know, those types of things. But also she's versatile as well. And actually most of this Lionesses side are, are, are pretty versatile players, by the way. On uh, ITV, Emma Hayes was uh, was doing punditry and she said uh, on Lauren James's uh, second goal, I hope whichever club has this player signed her to a long-term contract. Player in the semi-final <laughs> of the Champions League then. Yes, well, yeah. But the thing is they're managing, they're managing her minutes, aren't they? And that's what's really important um, is actually looking after her, making sure because she was injured for such a long time and, and you know she's still so young um, you know you have to you have to manage her minutes Chloe Kelly's goal we spoke about as well and then I'm actually really pleased for Rachel Daly mm-hmm. you know she's not started where we thought she would she came on as a, a second half substitute in the first game as, as, as a number nine but every single position she, she's played, she's played it brilliantly. And then to get on the score sheet, lashing in a volley like that was brilliant. Yeah, she deserves that. And I've said it, I'm not quite sure I could do that. I fancy myself as a good player when I played. But to be able to adapt to those roles and responsibilities is quite incredible. Playing in the nine, then playing at left back, then playing at wing back, then playing wherever she's put. And it's easy saying you'd play anywhere for the manager, but it's being able to actually play there and have the quality to be able to do it. So I think she deserved that goal. And I know it got checked on VAR and I'm delighted it got given because she deserves it. I saw the penalty that you scored in the TalkSport Cup. It was just peak Leanne Sanderson. Thanks, Faye. You do yourself too much of a disservice. Um, listen, the VAR seemed to take quite a long time today. It was quite painful. 11 minutes added at the end of the match. Um, a goal ruled out for offside. It came into play on a number of occasions. They've got to speed that up a little bit, haven't they? They have, but we saw it in the Men's World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're obviously trying to focus on how long is the ball in play and those types of things. But that is too long, 11 minutes at the end of the game, especially when, I know you can't really say, I know we said during commentary, oh, you know, when the scoreline's that big, you can't really go down that route of, oh, if the team's scoring more goals and don't play that much time added on. But one part, one thing that happened in the game that it was 6-1 at the time and the ball hit the referee. Yeah. And it looked like she was going to give, you know, a, a drop ball on the edge of the box and then ended up giving it to Mary Earps. <laughs> if I'm playing for China, I don't care if it's 6-0, 6-1, 10 nil. I'm saying that is my ball mm. because it. I'm not saying it was going in, but it, how did how did she determine it was going to be? I don't you know. know. There, were just... a few, there are a few bizarre things uh, going on. We're going to go through the rest of Group D earlier on because actually Denmark were on the negative end of VAR today as well, having a couple of goals ruled out for for offside. Um, but just to finish on on England. Has this performance changed your opinion about how far this Lionesses side can go or is it just a one-off and we need to be a bit more measured? No, I think balance is everything. I, I always believed that they could go far in this tournament. Um, did I ever believe they were going to necessarily win it? Not particularly because I, I before the tournament, I said they'd be in and amongst it. But USA, I fancied them. I think during the tournament, we've seen Japan and the Netherlands. I think they look amazing, mm. those types of teams. But... I don't think this performance has made me think we're going to go on to win the tournament, but I think it helps for confidence. I think the fact that players got minutes as well, like Neve Charles coming into the game, I think those things are really important for the team and for the squad. So I'm delighted with the performance, but I'm not getting carried away. I still think we can't take Nigeria lightly just because we didn't expect them to be there or nobody didn't expect Canada to be there with Australia. We can't take Nigeria lightly at all. I think they've been excellent, actually. They have. Not lost? No. 
Randy Waldrum's their coach. Yeah. Coached a lot in America. So they, they're going to be they're going to be a difficult team to beat. Yeah, I agree with you. We're going to analyse uh, Nigeria at the end of the show. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2, Faker Others and the wonderful Leanne Sanderson with you. Coming up next, we're going to round up the rest of the action from day 13 of the tournament, including the game that almost saw the USA knocked out of the World Cup. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Uh, don't forget, TalkSport have live commentary of all England's remaining games across the network. Thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Ruthers, uh, former, although she, well, former England striker, I was about to say former uh, bronze medalist but you can't be a former bronze medalist you're a bronze medalist at the World Cup Leanne Sanderson is with me so England are through to the last 16 but let's round up all the action from the other games on day 13 of the tournament including in Group D where Denmark sealed their spot in the last 16 with a 2-0 victory over Haiti uh, Denmark knew that qualification was still within their reach if they could secure victory against what had proved to be a stubborn Haitian defence Talk Sports Abigail Davis was watching this one Full time here, Haiti nil, Denmark two. After a 16-year wait to be back on the world stage, Denmark have made a successful return. They're through to the round of 16, the first time in their history that they've won two matches at a single World Cup. Thanks to a composed Penilla Harder strike from the spot after a ball chipped into the area, struck the arm of Pierre-Louis. Trulsgaard making sure of the three points deep into added time. A wonderful counter-attacking move finished with a strike into the bottom left. If they are to advance further though, Denmark, they'll need to find a way to take better control of contests because things may have got tricky for them in that match had Haiti shown more of a clinical edge in the final third. But for now, it is job done for Denmark. They will take on co-hosts Australia for a place in the quarterfinals. Full-time, Haiti nil, Denmark two. 
So here's a reminder of how the Group D table ended up looking. England top it, three wins from three, nine points and a goal difference of seven. Denmark with six points and a goal difference of two. China and Haiti out of the tournament. China just getting the three points on the board with that victory they had over Denmark in their opening game. Uh, what players have impressed you in this group stage from, from Group D in particular, Leanne? I think especially with Haiti, the Mornay. Mondesir, I thought they played really well against England. I think, obviously, a lot of the focus with Denmark will always be on Penilla Harder. And I think when she plays in that number nine role, it's always going to be difficult. I know she scored a penalty against Haiti, but I think it's always going to be difficult for her to be waiting for the ball. I like her better in the 10 role. I think it was a harder group than people imagined. Mm. You know, I don't think people imagined, you know, the teams to lose that have lost. And England, I don't think it was plain sailing, especially against Haiti and Denmark. Just because you dominate possession doesn't mean you're going to win games. And I felt like today, what, what was good about England-China, and we spoke about it before, we possessed the ball and we put the ball in the back of the net. So I actually think Haiti, although they finished bottom of the group, can have a lot of, you know, hang their heads high. 53rd in the world rankings. If that, things could have gone differently if they would have beaten England in that first game and they nearly did. It's all about being clinical. You mentioned the possession uh, point there and Japan had 24% possession against Spain and, and won that game 4-0. You know? Yeah, <laughs> clinical, ruthless, Absolutely. in front of goal. Absolutely. Now, one of the favourites uh, coming into this World Cup uh, were the world champions, USA, and Group E came to a close today and perhaps not quite as we expected because their final group game was against Portugal and they ended up fighting to stay in the tournament. Victory for Portugal would have seen the defending world champions knocked out at the group stages. TalkSport's Alfie Reynolds was watching this one. Full-time, Portugal nil, USA nil. The USA progress into the last 16, but the reigning champions don't look at their best. It's only the second time in World Cup history that they've failed to win their group, and it's also the first time that they've only won one of their three group stage games. So they go through in second, and they were hanging on at the end of the match. Portugal defended well throughout and almost won it in injury time. Anna Capeta hitting the post with a fierce shot. So Portugal Portugal miss out on a place in the knockouts despite only conceding one goal through the group stage. For their first ever showing at a World Cup, they've been excellent. The USA face the winner of Group G in the next round. That's still to be decided. Full time, Portugal nil, USA nil. I mean, I have to say, this was quite incredible. And uh, Leanne, bearing in mind, we, we we watched Portugal in the friendly against England. It was a goalless draw then. And we felt as if Portugal had everything defensively, but just not the right click in the final third. But they came seconds away from knocking the US out. That just would have been huge. Oh, massive. Big, really big shock. I think everybody, I obviously have a lot of American friends and my former teammates and all over Twitter, I know a lot of the Americans that I know, former players, were certainly relieved that that happened. They're not happy because I know how the not Americans bad. operate, but at least they're through without getting carried away because what we're seeing is that the US Women's National Team used to be the major, and they still are, let's be honest, they're the two, they won back-to-back -back World Cup, so they're, they're a good team. But I don't understand what's going on. Like... The, Vlatko Andonovsky, the players like him. I like him. He's a great guy. But the players don't seem to be performing. The connections, the chemistry between the front line doesn't seem to be there. Trinity Rodman came out of the lineup today mm. and Lynn Williams started. And these players are flying in the NWSL. Sophia Smith, everybody backed her to be the Golden Boot winner and like not really seeing any productivity. So there's a lot of young talent and there's a lot of similar players that are in that team. But Rose Lavelle started in this game. 
um, against Portugal and she hasn't played mm. for a long time. So I think you're playing with fire a little bit when you start playing players. Julia Arts was out for nearly two years. Yes, she signed for Angel City and she's done a really good job, but she's had minimal games as well. A lot of people are questioning, you know, put her into the into the midfield because she's really good in that defensive midfield spot. But she's been playing centre back, and you know, Vlatko's quite reluctant to make the subs. He brought them into the game today, but he, it doesn't seem like he's got his team right. It's difficult because we're not seeing the American the America that we know. And they've got a really tough last sixteen game as a result of this because finishing second in the group means that they face Sweden. Yeah, and Sweden are flying, absolutely flying. They are so much better than they were at the Euros. We know historically the the Swedes are very, very good. And they got to the semi-finals of the Euros, eventually knocked out by England. Yes, and exactly. But I felt like it was way more comfortable for England than I expected. definitely. Because Sweden are always good. Historically, they're always difficult to beat. And they could potentially, in Ilstead, they could have a top goal scorer in their team, you know, by the end of the tournament if they stay in three goals as a centre-back. I don't think we've ever had a golden boot winner that's a defender. Mm. So she just signed for Arsenal as well. I know, so, I'm very excited about seeing her in the yeah, WSL. She's dangerous on set pieces and her deliveries from Asalani. That game's going to be really difficult. But these Americans, they always step up when it really matters. Mm. I have no doubt they will be, you know, in and amongst it. You can't write this team off. They have too much quality and they just don't seem to be performing in the way we know how. No, they really don't, do they? The Netherlands, on the other hand, wow. Vietnam nil. Netherlands 7 was the other match in Group E, which means that they uh, topped the group. And after earning a well-fought draw against the USA, the Netherlands knew they had a chance uh, to finish uh, top of the group. Talk Sports' Georgie Heath watched this one. It was Vietnam nil, the Netherlands 7. It is their biggest win in Women's World Cup history. They were 5-0 up at halftime and they made it 7-0 by the end of the game. It was a completely, utterly dominant performance from the Netherlands. They had five different scorers. They had two scorers with a brace. Jill Rod, she picked up two and that's three in the tournament for her. 20-year-old future gen Esme Brute who hit... The WSL have their eye on. She also picked up two and became the first player to score two outside the box in a World Cup. Well, the five different scorers really show the depth in this Netherlands side. They top the group. It was not the fairy tale finish for Vietnam at their debut World Cup. And the coach's final game in charge. Well, the Netherlands, they advance top of the group and they go into the knockout stages for the third time in a row in a World Cup and they will face the runner-up of Group 3, which is yet to be decided. Netherlands 7, Vietnam 0. So Netherlands topping the group with 7 points, a goal difference of 8. USA with just the 5 points, Portugal and Vietnam out of the tournament and the Portuguese absolutely devastated because if they'd have just got a goal, they could have qualified for their first ever knockout stage in their first ever uh, World Cup. With all respects to Vietnam, they weren't the greatest challenge to the Dutch or to anybody, in, in fact, in this tournament but have the Netherlands really established themselves as the team to watch now? I think so. I think judging from how they played against the US Women's National Team and I'll judge them based upon that game as well. I thought they were exceptional. They outpossessed USA. USA could not get near them. They looked so much better. The greater team they really did. So I think there's a lot of teams like Lee, players like Lika Martins, right, who's been a player that I think has been quite overrated mm. in recent years. When she got the best player in the world, she deserved it. But then I think she's kind of wavered a little bit. In this tournament, I think she's been brilliant. Jill Roard as well. I think, again, signed for Manchester City. Went from Arsenal, I think, far too easy. I thought they let her go to Wolfsburg really easily. I think she's been brilliant. And I just think they look good. Mm. They just overall look really, really good. I think they've got a good blend of old players, young players, and they seem to be clicking. And they're without Miedemar. 
yeah, as well. Imagine how frightening this would be if she was playing in this tournament. Oh. So I, I think they're, they're really clicking at the right time. Obviously, the manager's not been in there that long. Mark Parsons was in there for a year and then it didn't really work out. They seem to go backwards for whatever reason because I think Mark's a really good manager. But sometimes some coaches don't work out in certain teams but I think they've looked really really good yeah and we, we don't know who their um, last 16 opponents are going to be yet because uh, we'll find out at 8 o'clock on Wednesday morning updates on, on, on TalkSport if you're listening to the pod or the show uh, before that it could be either Italy um, South Africa or Argentina that they face you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 I'm Faker Rothers Leanne Sanderson is with me coming up we're going to preview England's last 16 tie against Nigeria and hear the thoughts of Ireland's need Fahi as the Republic of Ireland head home from Australia. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women. Dream bigger. If you missed this episode live or you duck in halfway through, do not worry. We're also available on podcasts, plenty of places you can download us. First, though, head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere to Faker Others and Leanne Sanderson uh, with you. Let's focus on the Republic of Ireland, shall we, as they head home after their exit at their first ever Women's World Cup. They bowed out of the tournament yesterday, uh, having earned their first ever World Cup points in the draw with Nigeria. Defender Nifahi caught up with TalkSport's Shabana Hearn after the game. Three big games for you, three big performances. Are you happy with that? How's the team now? Uh, yeah, like obviously three points would have been perfect um, to sign it off, we'll say. But I think ultimately we've been in a really tough group and getting a point at our first ever World Cup, uh, it's not too shabby in, a, in what was a really competitive group. An, an amazingly competitive group. You've been you know, put along two games against two top ten sides yeah. and you haven't seemed out of place at all. No, I think like we, it's we're so unlucky. Usually, it's the luck of the Irish, but I don't think we got much luck uh, in the tournament. You know, with the you know the penalty, and then obviously the own goal against Canada that really just before half time was a real sucker punch. So, um, yeah, I think there's been a lot of growth in the team, but it's invaluable these learnings at this level and in a tournament for the next generation and obviously the Euros that are coming up. What did you learn? Just if you can summarise over the last couple of weeks, what have you learned on the, on the major stage? The biggest thing is the concentration, probably at key moments. I saw other teams, especially Canada, when things weren't going well, you know, they took a little they took a little breather, they reorganised tactically. Obviously there's a little bit of gamesmanship in that as well, but obviously when you're under cost you have to kill the game a little bit and I, I think at times Canada definitely did that against us in the first half and yeah, I think maybe we used it a little bit today when Nigeria were uh, a little bit on top. We probably managed those moments a little bit better when we've conceded at vital time. So, I mean, it doesn't change from normal time, but it's that bit of experience that I think you just get with tournaments and being in the in, under the pressure that you're under. Uh, manager Vida Pau under pressure just now that is the, the chat and the press do, do the team stand with Vida? Um, it's like one of them isn't it like everyone doesn't really be contracted like talking about contracts now at the minute everyone's focused on doing their job at the pitch uh, that's all we've ever done and there's been a lot of speculation outside as well so to be honest I don't really read the papers and uh, what's going on outside I leave that to you guys and, and to write all the headlines so that's all I'll say on that Right last night in, in Brisbane for Ireland how are you lot going to celebrate getting a point and, and being Irish in Australia, what are you going to do? Whatever, shut apparently. <laughs> Australia, I thought Australia, like,
to party, but apparently it's last orders at 10 o'clock, so I don't know what's going on there. They've sold us a dream. <laughs> um, so it's probably going to be very tame. I'm sure some, hopefully someone has something stashed somewhere so we can have a few drinks. Yeah, last orders for the Republic of Ireland, but they certainly didn't disgrace themselves. Great work as well from our Republic of Ireland reporter Shabana Hearn, who's heading home as well and hopefully uh, getting some decent sleep before she's back on the early breakfast show soon. Uh, disappointment in the end, Leanne, for, for Republic of Ireland, but I mean, they're looking ahead now, aren't they, to, to the Euros? Neve Fahey mentioned that. Can they be encouraged by their showing at this tournament? I think so. I think, you know, the first game against Australia, penalty was the reason why they lost that game against the host, one of the host nations. It's always going to be difficult. Against Canada, they went ahead. Christine Sinclair, Sophie Smith came on at halftime, had to make the... They rang in the changes, Canada, and they made it hard for them. And obviously against Nigeria, a team that's respected in this competition now, I think they're respectful results. I know Nee sp spoke about the luck of the Irish. Mm. They didn't really have it go their way, but I think they definitely can hang their heads high. And I think Katie McCabe, is a player that's had a really good tournament, but there needs to be other players that need to step up a little bit more because she was almost doing too much because she mm. felt like she had to. There were times she's running through everybody with the ball. We know she only scores bangers. It's what Katie McCabe does. That corner she scored was I brilliant. I, I think Lauren James is going to steal that mantle Do from you? her next season it's in the WSL. <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait for that type of competition. But um, I think she was exceptional, but there needs to be other other players that are stepping up. I wonder if she didn't throw herself across the pitch like that, that other players would be able to step up because sometimes I kind of think you need to you know have trust in the rest of your squad that's a good point that is a good point I thought Denise O'Sullivan didn't really get the opportunities in the sense didn't get the ball as much as I'd expected her to because she's another top player but I think they can really they did themselves a lot of justice mm. as crazy as that sounds because they didn't win a game no 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 with with that point in mind do you think they'll regret it a little bit actually because you know it was a silly penalty to give away you know I don't, I don't want to focus on Marissa Shiva because that's just not fair at all and I felt absolutely devastated uh, for her at the time but you know they were in these games and a tiny little bit of Quali more quality and composure maybe could have seen them over the line yeah they, they were so close but so far wasn't mm. they because a lot of people expected them to come into this tournament I didn't actually expect them to get completely steamrolled every game I said it before they were kind of my dark horses for yeah. the competition to kind of go a bit further not win it but go a bit further than people expected that wasn't to be but I do think they would when they look back and analyse it it'll probably be more painful in a weird way than if they lost by a lot because mm. you think, oh, we were so close in that game. We went ahead, you know, but ultimately the teams they've been beaten by are respected nations. You know, you're talking Olympic champions, host nations, Australia just beat England not mm. too long ago and tying with Nigeria, who were in the round of 16 against England. So they can hang their heads high. Yeah, absolutely. Their next competitive uh, match is in September. They face France uh, for qualifying uh, for the uh, European Championships in 2024, which will be held in Switzerland. The question is, and you heard Neve Fahey be very tight-lipped there about Vera Powell's future, will she be taking them there? I mean, I don't really understand where this has really come from with regards to questioning Vera Powell's future because I think she's done a really good job with the team. You know, they didn't, they, they can hang their heads high. I know there's been a lot of talk about the stuff off the field, the stuff that went on in America, which I think was quite unfair to be asking those players going into the tournament about that type of stuff because that was when she was there. She's now the coach of this team. So let her do what she's doing. And 
Obviously, there was that talk about when Katie was saying about bringing the substitutions. I don't think there's that much in that. You know, as a player, your heart's on your sleeve when you're in a tournament. She's playing for a country for the first ever time in a World Cup. She's not trying to tell Vera what to Vera Powell what to do. She's just trying to say this is what we need. But Vera Powell's the manager. Mm. She's the coach, so she makes the decisions. I think she should still be there based upon these types of performances and the points. But it's not down to me. It's up to them and the players to come together and figure out and the federation what needs to be not what needs to happen to them to go forward. Yeah. All right. Before we go, uh, let's focus on England's opposition for their last 16 match at Nigeria. As Leanne said, no one quite expected them to be going through to the last 16, but it was an impressive group stage performance from them and they finished on five points in the group, have, didn't lose a game, as you mentioned. Uh, the match is going to take place on the 7th of August. That's um, on Monday in Brisbane. Kickoff at 8.30am. Commentary will be live on TalkSport 2. What kind of opposition should we expect? I think with Randy Waldrum, he was a coach in America for a number of years for the Houston Dash. He's also coached Trinidad and Tobago national team. And I think he's getting the best out of these players individually. I think they've got a lot of players that, you know, Isata Suala, she came off, obviously, she came on in the games. And I think they're doing way better than people expected. They're not just a team that's going to have pace and power. They have technical ability as well. Because I think sometimes with the African nations, people are quick to say they're quick, they're strong. Mm. No, they have, they're organised. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be beating Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact they beat Australia, when I got asked today on air, who would I rather play? I said, I'd rather play Australia. Mm. And a lot of people are like, why would you say that? But I just feel that way. I, I think Australia are finally coming into themselves with Sam Kerr coming back as well. She's available and fit. But I think Nigeria are going to be a really, really difficult team to beat. And they, they've not lost in this tournament. And I don't think England do well against African nations. Mm. I, I think it's because we don't play against them. I think they struggle with the physicality sometimes. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing that Serena Wiegmann looks at. Tactically, though... She's obviously tried a few different players in different positions in the group stages. Do you think she now knows, from this China game in particular, perhaps what her starting eleven going into the rest of the tournament is going to be? We still don't know, you know, the exact extent of Kira Walsh's injury, but how is she going to view this opposition? Do you know what I think with Serena Wiegmann? I actually genuinely believe she will change the team again. I think she will set the team up. We could see a different formation change. Just because you beat China doesn't mean that's the team you play with. Every coach and every manager will tell you the same thing. Mm. Yes, a lot of people say, oh, you don't change a winning team. But Nigeria are completely different to China. You know, China were really poor, taking nothing away from the Lionesses. But Katie Zellum had a good game because she was also allowed to have a good game. No one was pressing her. But I also can't see, you say about the press, I can't see the Nigerians leaving Lauren James on the edge of the area unmarked. No, they won't. No, they won't. And they will have be more organised. They'll be more in their faces. And I just think we should have enough quality to win this game and let our football do the talking. And I think against China, we let our football do the talking. And individually, the quality we have, I think will just outshine the Nigerians but then again I don't think it's going to be a foregone conclusion I think it's going to go all the way I really do You let your broadcasting do all the talking Leanne Sanderson it's <laughs> always a delight to have you in the studio I will see you soon enjoy your little brief holiday <laughs> Thanks Faye See you soon Thank you very much Thank you to Leanne Sanderson Serena Wiegman Chloe Kelly Katie Zellum Neve Fahey Courtney Sweetman Kirk Shabana Hearn Abigail Davis Georgie Heath Alfie Reynolds Producers Maya Anduma and of course all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the shows live, you can download the Women's World Cup Daily Show via the TalkSport app. Our next show is on TalkSport2. 
Court 2 on Wednesday at 6pm. Uh, we'll be rounding up all the action from day 14 of the tournament. And do not forget, England's last 16 match against Nigeria is live on TalkSport 2. It's an 8.30am kickoff, so make sure you join us. Next here on TalkSport 2, the EFL All Access Season Preview.